But first, you might have thought that you were done seeing political ads after the midterm election, but not so fast. Chicago's mayoral election is next month and campaign ads are ramping up and we're going to keep hearing them. So what tactics and strategies are the candidates using and what messages are they trying to get across? Jason DeSanto is a senior lecturer in the Northwestern University Pritzker School of Law and a Democratic debate strategist here to help us understand it all. Hi, Jason. Welcome to Reset. Good to meet you. Sasha, great to be here <laughs> and to meet face to face. It's about time. It's about time. So we're going to start with the use of political attack ads. We're going to be seeing a lot of these in the coming weeks, and they're going to be the ones that are super negative, often smear opponents' campaigns. No one really likes them, and yet they work. Why is that? Well, they work because they draw contrasts. And good campaign messaging, whether it's in commercials or in debates, has to draw contrasts and be believable. Those are really the two things that anybody making an ad or preparing for a debate is trying to do. And when you've got a multi-candidate election like yeah. this is, you have to break through. And in order to break through, part of that is contrasting you with others and maybe even knocking them down a little bit so you can begin to build your own coalition. So crucial in a race like this. Oh, yeah. Well, Mayor Lightfoot made some news last week after running a political ad directly targeting candidate Chewy Garcia. Let's listen. What do we really know about Chewy Garcia? Chewy secretly talked with this crypto crook who stole his customer's life savings, then spent a fortune to re-elect Garcia. Chewy cut deals to help himself with the since-indicted Mike Madigan, even while the disgraced speaker faced a federal corruption investigation. All right, so let's break that down. The, the crypto crook that the ad is referring to is Sam Bankman-Fried. That's the founder of cryptocurrency exchange FTX. What connection do these two men have with each other? Well, Garcia and his congressional campaign, his congressional campaign fund, received a donation directly from Sam Bankman-Fried, who was in charge of FTX. Mm -hmm. That was up to the federal limit of $2,900, but also an independent expenditure from a group that Freed controlled. In other words, not, quote unquote, coordinated with the Garcia federal campaign, but spending on behalf of his campaign, as he did for many, spent upwards of $100,000. So there's enough there to tie whatever it was Bankman Freed and FTX was doing to Garcia, and Lightfoot is wasting no time to do that. And why? Because it allows her to knock down Garcia, who is in all likelihood right now probably the front runner if you look at any kind of polling, and specifically to try to knock him down with progressive and lakefront liberals, where Lightfoot wants to rebuild the coalition that put her into office in the first place in yeah. 2019. The ad also noted a relationship between Garcia and former House Speaker Mike Madigan, right, while he was facing a, a federal corruption investigation. Another dirty word in Illinois politics. And look, she needs to refurbish part of her good government practices. That's going to be a really tough haul for her with a lot of groups. There have been a lot of criticism of her for a lack of transparency. Mm -hmm. There's been criticism of her for not fulfilling her promises in that regard. She doesn't want Garcia to be seen as uh, the great proponent of that same kind of good government package. So she tries to dirty him up a little bit by tying him to Madigan. Is is this style of political ad typical for her? It will be this time around. It wasn't as much the last time around, and it's hard to remember this maybe for most of us. It was difficult for me to even remember it in thinking about coming in today. But back in 2019, at this point in that race, early January with a, with a late February campaign and an election, she was at about one or two percent. And so she didn't have what you really need at that point 
in campaign communication. It's really a combination of math, message, and money. You got to have those three things. Yeah. And the math for her was to build a coalition. Well, when you're at one percent, one of the things you've got to do first is introduce yourself with whatever messaging and money you have. And that's a lot of what she did that year and then gradually rose up past Bill Daly, past Susanna Mendoza. She didn't have to run a lot of negative ads. Not until it was a one on one with Tony Preckwinkle for the April 2019 runoff. Mm. So this is a little bit of new ground for her. She has to run some negative ads. She's also going to be trying to build up and has already with her bio ads, kind of her background, trying to soften her a little bit because she owns a brand right now, which is combativeness. How is the Garcia campaign responding to these attack ads? Well, on the FTX and Bankman-Fried and crypto, they're trying to distance him from Bankman Freed. They took the $2,900 that he had received. They gave it to charity. The money that was spent on his behalf, but not directly tied to his campaign. Uh, they basically have said, we don't have any control of what independent expenditure groups do. But there is a little confusion about how much he was actually in conversation with Bankman Freed and the people at FTX. So this isn't going to go away. We're going to hear about it in debates as we go forward. And as it comes to Madigan and others, he's going to try to distance himself for those. Haven't heard too much about it directly yet. Yeah. But that is a line he's going to have to walk in order to build his coalition as well. Well, there have been a number of other ads that Lightfoot rolled out before this most recent one about Chewy Garcia. Like this one, it's titled Believe. Believe in us. Believe in this city. We have come through hell and back and we are the better for it. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you we did everything perfectly, we haven't. But we've tried our darnest to make sure that we got it right. So she continues by saying, quote, you listen and you're humble and you learn from your mistakes. This is a, a different kind of messaging than what we just discussed. What do you take away from this approach? So this one is to soften her. Campaigns and candidates, particularly when people don't have a lot of time to assess their specific positions on issues, they're being judged on what we would call the easy metric, strength and warmth, whether we think they have authority and whether they have humanity. There are questions about whether or not she's been a strong leader. This is designed actually to get at the other piece of it and her warmth and humanity. If you listen, Sasha, to the rhetoric from a series of other campaigns and the commercials so far, yeah. there are two places that each of those campaigns, whether on the left or the right, are probing, crime and combativeness. The crime issue is going to go to authority. Has she been a good leader on that issue? The combativeness issue is whether or not she works with people, whether or not she collaborates. So these references to humility, to listening, to working together are all designed to try to remind people that she was at one point sort of a groundbreaking pioneer and a positive force. She's running another ad I'm sure people have probably seen where she talks about her mother. Yeah. That's designed to do the same thing. And she's running a third ad, this one a lot on social media, in which she is recasting her, her desire to fight as fighting on behalf of people. She knows what her negatives are here, and she's got a 68% negative approval rating, and it's because of that combination of the political and the personal. Yeah. Well, you touched on that uh, that other ad that she ran that uh, talks about her parents. This one's called Sacrifice. As mayor, I'm doing everything I can to widen and open up opportunities for those families who are growing up like the ones like mine. So what's interesting about this ad as well, Jason, is that it was released with the other two ads that we talked about within two days back in November. Uh, Greg Hines, who's a columnist for Crane Chicago Business, wrote that uh, it could be a sign that she might have reason to worry about the election. 
What do you think? She does. And, I mean, look, the Garcia campaign got into the race. They released a poll that they had run. It had been run on behalf of a campaign, so you take that for what it's worth. But it illustrated that she was running in second place in a multi-candidate race behind Garcia, and that if they were to run head-to-head, she'd be trailing by about 25 points. Now, even if you don't believe all of those numbers, directionally, I think they're correct. So when we think about math, message, and money, she will be able to raise some money, although probably not as much, certainly, as her predecessor, Rahm Emanuel, could in these races. But her message has got to reinforce her on a personal level uh, because that is the way that she builds a coalition of African-American voters, the business community, and lakefront liberals. And that's really what put her into office. And unless she shores up her personal traits, whether or not people think she actually works together, whether or not she's too combative, Mm -hmm. she's going to have a hard time winning this race. She may make it to the runoff, but she's going to have a hard time winning this race. Yeah. There's uh, an, another candidate who's released a TV ad, including uh, a clear jab at Mayor Lightfoot's communication and leadership style. So Paul Vallis put out a recent TV ad. Uh, what do you make of it? He calls uh, the current leadership, quote, combative, right? It goes sort of with what you have been saying. Right. So it's right there in that ad. There's no surprise there. For Vallis, this is mostly about crime. He's running an ad which speaks extensively about crime. It folds in the idea that she doesn't work with people, and so she's too combative and can't solve the crime issue. But this is just his way of getting at the idea that we need somebody who can work with others. And this is, of course, something that Garcia will be hitting. It's something that some of the candidates we don't know as much about right now, Sophia King, who's Mm -hmm. an older woman, Cam Buckner, who's a representative, if you listen to what they're saying at forums, they're using that same kind of messaging and frame because it's understood. Vallis is trying to do it because he wants to pick up some of the support that put her in in 2019. Well, on that note, here is what he says that he will do. I'll work with every community in every part of our city to confront our crime problem, hold department leadership accountable, put more police on our streets and public transportation, open schools after hours to ensure young Chicagoans have safe alternatives to gangs and violence. So he mentioned every community. Is this an effective strategy? Does it really actually make people feel included? It might, although there's enough in his own history as a candidate and as a public leader that's open to attack on the same question. He got endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police just last week. That's going to open him up to attacks from Lightfoot, actually, about whether or not he's too right-wing, whether or not he's too close to the police union itself. But if you listen to that ad, Sasha, we've got three different things he said there. Accountability and more police. And that speaks directly to where the core of his support is. Is is that why part of why the FOP endorsed him? Sure. Southwest side, northwest side wards. That's where he pulled his greatest support in 2019. What does he need to add? What's the math for him? The math for him is the business community and the lakefront, where once upon a time, Paul Vallis was a popular candidate when he ran for governor all the way back in 2002. So the last part of that tripartite arrangement there, yeah, we need to leave schools open for kids. That's a little bit softer than the messages of accountability or more cops. And that is designed for him to be able to branch out his support into those areas that really help Lightfoot get in in 2019. Well, uh, candidate Brandon Johnson also released a TV ad. Let's listen. Brandon Johnson has a plan to make Chicago safer, grow Chicago businesses, and create jobs. Brandon's plan will improve public schools for all of our kids. So 
immediately you notice that you don't hear Johnson's voice in this ad, but we hear Lightfoot's and we hear Vallis's and theirs. Pros and cons, briefly, of, of hearing a candidate's voice versus not? I think it's better to hear them when they're doing a bio ad, and I expect that we'll hear that from Johnson. But there's some other things in that ad that are really interesting. Um, there are clearly some symbols in it, some pictures of an anti-Rahm Emanuel protest. The Anjanette Young controversy is referenced there. And at the end of this ad, he says it's important for candidates to build bridges, uh, not raise them. And that is a direct call out mm -hmm. to Mayor Lightfoot closing the bridges, trapping protesters in the George Floyd protests in 2020. And that's a direct appeal to African-American communities, particularly younger African-Americans, but really to the progressive community as a whole. And that's where his energy is. So he's very low in the polls right now, yeah. but he's got room to rise. And what actually helps him here is when Lightfoot is attacking Garcia, because the more that knocks him down among progressives, the more Johnson can fill that vacuum. Right. Lightfoot doesn't mind that. You know, I, I think in the long run, she needs to knock Garcia down. She wouldn't mind seeing Vallis in the runoff. Um, but in order to do that, she's going to have to knock Garcia down. That gives Johnson a lane. Yeah. And that's this ad is designed to introduce him as so many of these candidates yeah. we know less about need to do. Well, before I let you go, when do you think we'll see the other candidates release TV ads? I would imagine soon. I mean, Garcia got in late. He's also been preoccupied a little bit with what's been going on with the race for House Speaker yeah. in D.C. So it's not that a campaign infrastructure isn't there, but let's just say we'll probably be hearing from them soon. He's got money. Johnson has money. They both have strong union support. I would imagine that's enough for them to begin getting their messages out very shortly. Thank you, Jason DeSanto. Thanks, Sasha. All right, let's stick with the mayor's race. Now, elections can be overwhelming, especially a mayor's race, one where there are nine candidates vying for the next mayor of Chicago position. It can be tough to keep up with who promises what and where does this person stand on this issue. You get it. So WBEZ wants to help Chicagoans see where mayoral candidates stand on issues that matter most to you. But to do that, we actually need your help. So here to break down where you step in is WBEZ Engagement Editor Alex Keefe. Hey, Al. Hey, Sasha. How's it going? So talk to us about this people's agenda. What is it? So basically, this is a two-question survey. Uh, we want to hear from Chicagoans about, A, what you care most about. What are your top issues, the most pressing issues in your life? And B, if you could sit down with Chicago's next mayor and ask them a question, what would it be? You could take this survey at wbec.org slash Chicago elections. It takes just a couple minutes. We're going to analyze what people tell us. We're going to share this with journalists at BEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times. We're also partnering with the University of Chicago's Institute of Politics. And then we're going to be making several things based on all the stuff you tell us. We already have about 750 responses, so oh, wow. we're going strong, but we definitely want to be hearing from more people. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, why are we doing this, Al? I mean, it's. I think it's a lot of the conversation you were just having with uh, uh, Mr. DeSantis, Mr. DeSanto a second ago. Uh, like, there is so much effort and money and time that goes into the calculation of how candidates present themselves, right? Like the way, the things you talk about and the things you don't talk about in a mayoral campaign in Chicago. So one of this is accountability. We want to shake that up a little bit. We want to know the issues that matter to you, bring some of those to the forefront, and have mayoral candidates be talking about the things that are on your agenda. I could say right now, like looking through the looking through the responses we've had before I came on the air here, lots and lots of crime. Oh, yeah. No huge surprise right there. 
but more questions, honestly, than I would have thought about rats and rodents and controlling rats (laughs) and like, you know, not really something that gets campaign ads going, but something that people apparently care about. Yeah. Uh, Number two, just to make journalism that's useful for you to elevate voices in Chicago. There's a lot of people in this race, as you noted in your intro. Mm -hmm. We want to give you actionable, practical information that helps you decide who you're going to vote for. And remind us again how folks can engage with this. Super simple. You can go to wbez.org slash Chicago elections. You can also find a link there to take the survey in Spanish. Uh, We might have some of our journalists reach out to you, to folks who ask questions, to be featured in some stories or some events and tools we're making in the coming weeks. And we'd love it if you could help spread the word about the survey as well. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. You know, someone listening right now, they're going to hear this. They're going to be inspired. They'll go to WBEZ.org. They'll fill out the People's Agenda survey, share their ideas what next? Yes, we were not just going to steal your information like run away. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> How not are those what it's responses about. from the public going to be used? Exactly. So we're going to be circling back uh, hopefully here in a couple weeks and we'll report back first off what you told us. What are the top issues we heard? What are the things people are caring about the most? What are some of the quirkier or more interesting things? And then we're going to make a lot of things. Uh, the week of February 6th, as you know, here on Reset, we're going to be having a series of mayoral candidate forums at yep. locations all around the city at UChicago, UIC, City Colleges of Chicago. So you can tune into that. Those are going to be driven by questions we get from people who take the people's agenda. We're also going to have a digital candidate questionnaire tool that includes mayoral candidates' answers to some of the questions we heard from Chicagoans. Um, We're going to do an email newsletter on some of the top issues that got raised. And the Sun-Times editorial board has a series of editorials. These are just a few of the things in addition to our other coverage of the race. Sounds great. That's WBEZ engagement editor Alex Keefe. You can Fill out the People's Agenda survey at wbez.org slash Chicago Elections. Remember that your input will help shape our election coverage. Those questions that we ask candidates in our upcoming forums as well. So again, our website, wbez.org slash Chicago Elections. And we'll tweet out a link as well at uh, WBEZ Reset. Thanks, Al. Thank you.